This is the future of finance by Motive Labs. Hello, welcome to the future of finance, the Motive Labs podcast where we live and breathe the next generation of financial technology. is a special double episode after Uzi's Webner. Stay tuned to listen to Sam Wan. Hi, welcome back. This is Sam Tiswan Orish from Motive Partners and I am in Nusultan in Kazakhstan in day two of what has been so far an incredible series of events. We've heard from panels, we've recorded podcasts, we've had media sessions, there's been signings of MOUs and we've met some wonderful people along the way all pointed in the same direction as one another, trying to help AIFC build the Central Asian Financial Center. I am joined today by Uzi Zwebner, Innovation Basecamp founder and CEO. Welcome, Uzi. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Uzi, I always start the same way. It's a level setter. Take people on your journey. What have you done through your career? Well, in the last 15 years, I'm dealing with the founding of the high-tech and cyber park in the city of Beersheba which is the capital of the desert of Israel. We used to have a joke that before we had this high-tech park, camels were polite enough to come and say hello. But today we have uh, 3,000 high-tech employees working there. So this is an initiative which I'm very, very proud of. I'm a co-founder, shareholder, and partner. Also in my background, I'm the founder of Innovation Basecamp, where we initiate and manage innovation hubs globally in a few countries, China, Taiwan, Germany, and Israel, of course. I'm an MBA from the Hebrew University in Jerusalem. I was in the public uh, service many years ago, and now I'm happy to uh, be a private entrepreneur in some very interesting and challenging projects. Excellent stuff. I love that, the desert of Israel. So you're working on many projects, it sounds like, including the Advanced Technology Park, Innovation Base Camp. Can you tell us a little bit about each of these projects in a bit more detail? Sure. I'll begin with the uh, high-tech and cyber park. It's a PPP, public-private partnership, between the university, Ben-Gurion University, which is located in Beersheba, the city of Beersheba. The municipality also is partnering with us. Gavyam, which is one of the largest real estate companies in Israel, and myself, and together as a public-private partnership, we act as a commercial company for revenues and profits. It's a very interesting partnership because the university brings us the graduates in many fields that we need in the park, and the academic research we expose to the companies. The municipality brings us the infrastructure, and us, the private partners, are leading the commercial and business-wise. So this is a very, very challenging and interesting project. We have, like I would say, five to ten international delegations coming to visit us every week. It became a visitor's center who come to see what we do and how to do it. And my interaction with the AIFC was when Governor Kalimbetov came to visit us in Beersheba. And when I uh, finished my uh, presentation, he said, Uzi, would you like to come to Kazakhstan? Being honest, I'm not sure I knew exactly. Well, I knew it's in Asia somewhere, but I didn't know all the details of Kazakhstan. Except for this, the projects we do 
Globally, in uh, Germany, we are helping the uh, university and the private developer to establish a high-tech park, mainly in medical device. In Taiwan, we do the same, but in medical device, agriculture, and uh, underwater research, because they have all this ocean. In China, another uh, high-tech park, which we have to define the concept. So all this work we do when we go into this uh, partnership, basically we deal with the content. And the content is the most important, even more than the real estate. So we do a research with the university, what are the potential advantages of the park, what is the concept, what incentives should the government give to the companies and to the employees, what kind of events like conferences, hackathons, meetups we should bring in, and so and so on. And of course, the Israeli flavor helps us a lot to uh, define and make this uh, project uh, happen. I'm so pleased that you and I are having the chance to talk today because I've been wanting to talk about Israeli innovation for a while. And you saw the panel this morning. I had the pleasure of sitting next to a gentleman who runs a VC firm in Israel, and I'll spare him the blushes by not saying his name, but he spoke very eloquently about the military being a real source of innovation, inspiration, and capability in Israel. From innovation to startups to venture capital, AI, big data, security, what are the reasons in your mind for Israel's successes? First, you should know that the Israeli um, startup nation, what we call, I think began like 30 years ago. Beforehand, it wasn't that uh, big issue in Israel. And it began from the government and from the uh, military units who started developing all kinds of tools in order to be in the uh, front stage of the technology. Now, I say that the DNA of the Israelis is a little different sometimes. Every young Israeli inside his uh, bottom of his heart is kind of entrepreneur. He wakes up in the morning, said, what should I do today? Even in high school, even in university, what should I do today? What should I do new today? 90% is positive ideas, 10% are maybe negative ideas, but that's okay. You know, some young people not always think positive, but it's a nature that they want to do something new to move things, to make the world new, to make ideas. This is in our nature. And I must say, I have not found it in many countries. You can find it in England, you can find it in the U.S., but not in many countries. And this is something, the innovative, the innovation nature is built in. And many countries should learn from this kind of uh, innovation. So I think this is the basic of the prosperity of the Israeli technology. Then, of course, we have, as you said, and Erez Shachar was the guy who was with you at the panel, and he mentioned the IDF technology units. Our people at 18, they go to the service. It's mandatory. And the best of them will go for good in computers, cyber, etc., to these technology units. When they come out of the military units, they are the best maybe in the world in their fields, or some of the best. And there are all the companies are looking for them, to recruit them, to come and work with them. One of the things we are very proud at our high-tech park, that the Israeli military computer units are moving in three years to be adjacent to our park. And this is a big anchor for us mm. to attract 
companies to come and be located at our park and to have the graduates of the military to come and be employees. This is a big issue which we are very happy about. So this is the military. Then universities like Tel Aviv University, Jerusalem University, Ben-Gur University, the Technion are very much engineering computers oriented. We say a dream of a Jewish mother in former years that her son will become a doctor. No more. Today, Jews' mother, Israeli mother, would say, go study computers, go study engineering. This is the future. So I believe these are the main attributes that make Israel as a startup nation. If I had to quickly ask your perspective, which parts of that could Kazakhstan learn from? As I told Governor Kalimbetov when we first met, the issue of uh, entrepreneurship and innovation nature, we got to teach people how to use it correctly. There should be studying of innovation and entrepreneurship because it's not obvious. They have to study it, and it takes time, but at the end, I believe people of Kazakh, the educated people, can become uh, good entrepreneurs. It might take some time. Other than that, the AFC might bring the best clients in financial, the traditional institutions, and they might be the clients for this fintech and all technology that we think should be served and developed according to the needs of the traditional financial institutions. So this combination together, I believe, can create quite good future for the Kazakhs technology. I love that. And you're so right. You have to teach people how to innovate. It, it isn't trivial. It's the fishing mantra. Teach a man how to fish and you'll feed him forever. And you're right. AIFC can be a very powerful distribution channel for the firms that are set up here. We're going to keep it short. We've got a couple more questions. What's the most valuable lesson that you've learned in your career? I would say that, again, it's in our nation, in our nature, and myself, we don't give up. We're a small country in quite a complicated neighborhood zone in the Middle East. And in order to develop ourselves, we know we should not give up, even when we have tough times. And I think this is the main lesson, especially for young people who are afraid to do things because they're afraid to fail. They should fail, but learn from it for their future success. I think this is the best lesson. There you have it, listeners. You've got a nation of 8 million people punching so far above their weight for a nation that is relatively small. And you're right, has had its challenging times. Don't give up. That's how you build momentum. I love that. And finally, can you tell our listeners something they didn't know about Kazakhstan? I've asked everyone. It's because we're here. The one thing that they may not have known, because Kazakhstan is unknown and is a hidden gem in my mind. I would say two things, with your permission. One, when I come to Kazakhstan and I fly, and I see through the airplane, through the window, this huge plateau with uh, some agriculture, lakes, minerals, some mountains, I say to myself, hey, this is amazing. Now, when people who live here, I'm not sure how much they're familiar to this huge potential being a very large country with all the opportunities. You know, when you grow in some place, you sometimes don't see the advantages. For me, when I come up by the airplane, I see this huge, big land and plateau, and I say to myself, this is amazing. Huge potential for tourism, for high-tech, for um, many other economic development structure, 
except for the oil and everything. I think the future of economic development is in high tech, in tourism. And to my opinion, Kazakhstan can be a perfect country to do so. It will take time, patience, but can be done. This is one. Second, I'm amazed. I was here in the winter twice, minus 30, minus 40. I walk on the ice. Snow became ice, like one meter in a minute, very, very slowly. And I see these Kazakh people, the local one. They almost run on this ice. They are the world breaking, walking on ice. This is amazing. They, you know, they were born here and they do it so fast. And again, you know, for them it's natural. For me, it's a kind of a miracle. How do they do it? I will never learn to do this. We have snow in Israel once a year, so that's the reason. That's not what I was expecting. The world record holders are running on ice. Uzi, thank you so much. What a pleasure to have met you. What a pleasure to have had you on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you. Did you know Motive Partners has a weekly newsletter? It's called Brain Food. It comes out every Sunday morning and it's packed with all the things you need to know about financial services and technology. You can subscribe at motivepartners.com. Welcome back. This is Sam, still in Nusultan, Kazakhstan, and I'm joined by another Sam. Sam Wan, Deputy Chief Executive Officer of AIX. Welcome, Sam. Hi, glad to be here. So, AIX stands for Asana International Exchange. It's the London Stock Exchange equivalent for Central Asia, is my understanding. Perhaps you could tell our listeners a little bit about your career to date, and then a little bit about AIX. Thank you. Actually, I'm from uh, Shanghai Stock Exchange. I started my career in Shanghai Stock Exchange for almost 17 years. In the very beginning, I worked in the HR department and then switched to your IPO department, derivative department, investor education department, and then a global business department. And that's why I was sent here because Shanghai Stock Exchange is a strategy partner of AIFC to set up Astana International Exchange. That's why I'm here. I've been here for one and a half years. That's very interesting. I, I didn't actually know, I probably should have known, that the Shanghai Stock Exchange was a strategic partner. And for our listeners who've heard from a few people so far, AIFC and the financial center here have gone around the world taking best practice from everywhere. So the fact that they selected Shanghai Stock Exchange, I think, is a, an incredible accolade in its own right. And it now sounds like because you've had such a varied background within the Shanghai Stock Exchange, you probably knew the business better than anyone, which is why you're here helping build the AIX. Is that fair? You are right, but we are not selected by each other. Actually, we believe there is big synergy between AIFC and the Shanghai Stock Exchange. That's why we work together. Two years ago, we decided to have this kind of cooperation. Apart from Shanghai Stock Exchange, Nasdaq from USA, Goldman Sachs, and also Silk Road Fund from China, they are all shareholders of Astana International Exchange. So you are right. We are trying to use international practice to make Astana International Exchange successful. Okay, that's very interesting. It's amazing how far and wide Goldman Sachs get. They're in every, every deal under the sun. And this is clearly quite an interesting one. Stock exchanges underpin 
economic growth in, in every developed market. In the UK, we have the London Stock Exchange, which we're very proud of, and AIM, which is the junior market, which helps firms raise capital on the public markets at a much earlier stage and creates even further liquidity. What do you think the biggest, and we're going to talk about businesses for a moment, what do you think the biggest challenges of starting a business are in Kazakhstan at the moment? And how is AIX helping solve that? This is a very good question. As a foreigner, actually, I've been aware of this kind of uh, issues for a very long time. Even I'm, uh, I've been here only for one and a half years. So all in all, I think language probably will be the biggest issue. I'm not talking about the daily life. I'm talking about the documentation when you are facing some legal issues, when you are facing some uh, dispute solving. This kind of language can be a very big barrier for foreign investors to do business here. The second point I would like to say is a currency, because the local currency is not very stable. So for foreign investor company, if they want to start their business, well, they need to think about, well, maybe in their pocket they have US dollar, euro, or some other RMB, but they have to convert to Tingi, which is a local currency. But later, they have to think about how to hedge the currency risk. So this is another issue. Well, the third one I'd like to say, juristic framework regulation, because here I think in Kazakhstan, jurisdiction in mainland of Kazakhstan is relatively complicated. It's not very easy to understand. And uh, from time to time, there are some new regulation issues. So you have to take very close look at what's happening and they need to be updated of all this kind of change in the regulation framework. And tell me, the regulatory side of things, I kind of expected to be a challenge. On the currency side, I just presumed you'd hedge, right? And is that a service for foreign investors that AIX helps provide? How do you help mitigate the volatility in the currency? This actually is a very good point you just raised. AFC, in AFC, different currency actually can be used, not just local currency. So at this moment, five currency can be used to be invested in uh, under AFC jurisdiction, including US dollar, euro, ruby, tingi, and uh, RMB, which is Chinese yuan, Chinese currency. So because these five uh, currency, I think, will be the most popular currency, from the investor perspective. So people from Western market, from China, from Russia, they actually can use their own currency to invest here. And also in FC, we have some banks, they provide some, we call currency hedging instrument or currency hedging service. This can facilitate foreign investment to invest here in the Kazakhstan via AFC. That's really useful. I think our listeners will find that, that particularly helpful. Switching topics a little bit, you've studied at prestigious schools in both the East and the West. Can you tell us a little bit about those experiences and how they contributed towards your career, the way you lead, the way you make decisions? I think having international diversity and cultural understanding adds a totally new dimension to EQ that many other people don't have. So I'm keen to explore that with you. Actually, 11 years ago, when I decided to go abroad to uh, take MBA program, it's a very big decision for me because before that, I only stayed in China to work. And maybe I went out for a business trip, a very short business trip. But then I decided to go outside. So that's why I took MBA program in Cambridge for one year. 
I believe, to be frank, that one year、uh, gave me a very good time to think about what in the future, what should I go, the direction, and、uh, let me calm down for a while, for one year, think about the career path. In particular, because we started in、uh, Cambridge, there are 49 nationalities in my class, so we, I can actually have opportunity to talk to almost all kinds of people in the world. This gave me very good experience. So that's why later, when I worked with、uh, foreigners, I can feel very comfortable to work with them, and I know how to respect mutual respect, mutual understanding. Are very important for the business to do business with them, and also MBA program I did in Cambridge is very pragmatic. So actually, also I kind of refresh myself、uh, knowledge, in particular in a more systematic way. So I, I overall I, I I spent one year there, but this one year I think definitely. Valuable for me. I did a master of science at Leeds University, which I think was really just because I wanted to stay at Leeds one more year after my undergrad, and I haven't ever done an MBA. But everyone I've said has said very similar things to you, which is it's a period of reflection. You allow everything you've learned to catch up with you, synthesize, and then give you the energy just to to use it as a springboard for the next phase. And we have some younger listeners of our podcast, so I'm sure they'll be very interested to hear that. Thank you. Final question: We're asking everyone we speak to the same question. Can you tell our listeners something that they didn't know about Kazakhstan? And I think, given that you've come from the Shanghai Stock Exchange, you've probably had a similar experience to to me coming for the first time when you first arrived. So I'm interested to hear what it is. I'm more than happy to share with you my experience here. Actually, one and a half year ago,、uh, when I arrived here, it's、uh, deep winter. You know, Kazakhstan, Astana. Now it's called Lusudan. In winter, it's it's very cold. It can be as cold as minus forty, and because it's very windy, so vi- the feeling temperature can be even lower. I think in my mind, that's the only barrier for me to work here. But others, I'm perfect here. For instance, the food here. The beef, the lamb, is the horse meat. Actually, it's kind of challenging to me, but it it delicious. So the food here is very good, and the people here are very friendly. Kind of surprises me, but actually, I have some good friends, local good friends here, and、uh, I love people here. To be frank, they are very friendly. They are very open-minded. So that's a very good point that I can stay here to work here. Last safety. You know, this is actually very important. I feel very safe here. Even I couldn't speak any Hazak or Russian, but I feel very safe here. I can easily walk out outside by myself in the evening and uh, uh, take bus, call taxi, use、uh, Yandex to call taxi. So very convenient. So I don't, I don't feel any uncomfortable or every time worry about something. So even. Language, as mentioned, to do business, you may have some issues. But overall, I mean, here, Kazakhstan, in particular, Lusudan, is a very safe city to work and、uh, live here. You're the first person to say that, and I would agree. I spent the evening out last night, and it was,、uh, yeah, safe. And everyone is so so hospitable and kind and generous. So great, and thank you for sharing your experiences with us. It's been great having you. Cheers, Sam. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you for your time and insights, and thank you very much for tuning in. I'm Sam. See you next time.
The information contained in this podcast is intended for discussion purposes only. It is not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation for the purchase or sale of a security or any services of motor partners. All investing involves risk, and there is no guarantee that past performance will be indicative of future results. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are as of the date of recording, reflect the views and opinions of the persons expressing them, and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of motive partners. Motive partners makes no representations or warranties as to the accuracy, reliability, or completeness of any information provided, and undertakes no obligation to update, amend, or clarify the information in the podcast, whether as a result of new information, future events, or otherwise. Any securities, transactions, or holdings discussed may not represent investments made by motive partners. It should not be assumed that securities, transactions, or holdings discussed, if any, were or will be profitable, or that the recommendations or decisions made in the future will be similar, or will equal the performance of the securities, transactions, or holdings discussed herein. This podcast may contain forward-looking statements that are based on beliefs, assumptions, current expectations, estimates, and predictions about the financial industry the economy, motive partners or motive partners' investments. Nothing in the podcast should be construed or relied upon as investment, legal, accounting, tax or other professional advice or in connection with any offer or sale of securities.